blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And glory to God. Uh, this is Pastor A. Chavuse uh, coming live from our church, uh, Believers Bible Church uh, in Renbeck. Amen. Now, without waste of any time, I'll just want us to open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 25. So before we even go to Matthew 25, let's do things uh, differently this morning. I want us to close our eyes and let's open with prayer. Father, in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we come to you this morning. We humble ourselves before your throne room of grace. We bring ourselves, our needs, everything to the foot of the cross. But we also bring ourselves under the covering of the blood once more again, where the enemy can touch any of us. As we partake on this word this morning, Father, may this be as if it's you talking today. May these words be pleasing unto you. May this be the words of God and not the words of men. Father, thank you that I will speak as you have instructed me to in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for your presence here at Believers Bible Church and also your presence with my brothers and sisters wherever they are logging on or watching from, whichever time zone it is. We just want to thank you, Lord, that you are with them. May they hear you speak this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's um, get going. Uh, I won't be long, really. We should be done in the next 25, 30 minutes. Amen and amen. Right. Now, our subject uh, this morning is not now that you are standing. Why I'm choosing the subject this morning is because uh, the previous week, I think, um, this past Wednesday, to be precise, we dealt with the subject uh, saying that, uh, help me stand. Yeah, that's what we spoke about, right? Uh, right, saints in the house? Just shout amen, let them hear you. Amen, yeah. We spoke about, uh, help me stand. Now, just to be a little bit more progressive this morning, we are believing and trusting God that you are standing the way that we shared on Wednesday helped you stand. If you didn't uh, listen to it, I'll encourage you, go look uh, for, the, uh, for the video on YouTube and listen to that message or go to Spotify, uh, podcast and such platforms. The message is also there on the HABUSE podcast. It was help me stand, but now I believe that you are standing. So I want to talk to that person who's saying, I am standing, but I am finding it difficult to stand. The person we spoke to last week was the one who was on the floor saying, I seem not to stand up. I'm trying and I'm struggling, you know, that this thing that's pulling me down, I can't stand up. But now we are saying, by faith, we agree with you, we believe with God that you are standing now, and all you need to do is to remain standing. So I want to talk 
to that person that needs to remain standing this morning. Amen. And glory to God. So I'm talking to you. Amen. This is your message. We are just here to try to help you to remain standing so that you don't find yourself on the ground too many times. Yes, a righteous man might fall seven times and then he rises again seven times or even more than that. That's good, but you don't have to fall that many times. You know, we can avoid that. So the message is designed and is geared to help the believer to remain standing once they have stood up. Amen. Amen. Right. So I'm going to deal with three things uh, this morning. Um, three things to understand after standing up or rising from difficulty or difficult circumstances. So there are three things. This, this, this is not a comprehensive list. This is the, le uh, this is the basics, basically. So there is more to the list. But I think this basic list is good enough for you to keep you standing or to get you started in your walk as a child of God in standing and righteousness. Amen. So don't say this is conclusive. This is it. This, there's nothing more than this. No, there's still a lot. There are many other factors. There are many other variables, but we can start right here. Amen. Three things to understand after standing up. Number one you need to understand your capacity or you need to understand what I term capacity this morning. You need to understand capacity. Capacity also has to do with the ability given to you, okay? It has to do with maximum load you can carry or the maximum you can do or the maximum you can achieve, okay? Right, so that's what I want to, you to understand this morning. You need to understand capacity in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's read Matthew 25, verse 15. Matthew 25, verse 15. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his individual capacity. And then started from home. So my translation might be completely different from the one you have. Your one will use the word ability. But just write it down in bracket, read it on this translation, W and T, amen. So to each according to his individual capacity. Now, the Lord here basically, is, he was comparing the kingdom and he basically say he will give people different talents and according to their capacity. In other words, God will give you certain things uh, according, to what, uh, according to the measure of faith and the measure of grace he has given you, okay? So all of us here, we have uh, different or individual capacities. You, where you are, where you are listening from, you must understand your capacity is not the same as mine. Mine is not the same with the next person. We all have a different levels of capacity or different level uh, measures of capacity. This, by the way, this is not really part of the message. Maybe I must throw it back again or say it again until people get it. This will help you. If you understand that we have different capacities as people, it will help you not to have a competitive spirit. You will remain in your lane because I see people getting out of their lane trying to compete with the next person. You are not the next person. Yes, God loves us all, but we have different capacities as people. 
we can't carry the same load, all of us. Just vehicles, whether you're driving a private car or rather a sedan, an SUV or a truck, they have different capacities, those type of, of vehicles, okay? Do you understand? I get it. It's like if you have a liter, half a liter, and two, uh, 250 mils, the capacities are different. You can't find a cup trying to compete with a, with a Jojo tank. It doesn't work like that. You understand? So you have to understand your capacity as a child of God. That will help you because some of you, God has richly blessed you. God has done great things, but you don't see that because you want to be like the next person. And we have to correct that, that you don't have to be like the, uh, the next person. You have to be you. In fact, God, when he brought you to this life, when God brought you to this planet, he brought you as a unique individual with a unique purpose. But not only that, when you got born again, he anointed you with a specific special anointing just for you to be you. So God won't anoint me to be the next person or to look like the next person. He has anointed me to be Pastor A. Chabuse and that's who I am. And all of you, God has anointed you accordingly. So we all have different capacities. And glory to God. Let's come back to the message. In other words, we all inherently have capacity or ability as given by God himself. So we have to start from this understanding that we all have capacity. We all have. So, so stop desiring other people's capacity, but look at your own abilities and work within that framework. Amen. Amen. But what I like is that capacity can be decreased or increased. So on the story that we read here, they were given different types of talents or different amounts of talent according to their abilities. The one who has given five, he multiplied the five. You understand? And the one who has given one, God knew that his capacity is to handle one. But he failed to multiply one because I know the Bible mentions a lot of factors here, but I think also deep down in his heart he was going like, why didn't I get five? It's not in the Bible, that one. I'm just thinking out loud, okay? Don't crucify me theologically and say, this is not theological. I'm just, I'm just exercising my mind as a human being. I think he spent so much time saying, why bangang niganga five me, nabang nige one? Hallelujah. But don't forget, the Bible says, if you can't be trusted with little, you can't be trusted with much. So sometimes God, yes, will give you one. And then if you handle it well and multiply it, already if you multiply that, you now have a capacity of two. Yeah. And then if you do well with two, your capacity moves to four. Yeah. You, it can be multiplied. It can be increased. However, if you can't do anything with it, it remains as is. Guess what? Even the one that's given to you, it will be taken away from you. So capacity can be increased or can be decreased. And that's very, very important. So stop wasting your time trying to be like the next person. Focus on what's given to you already. Measure on what God has given to you as a child of God. Amen. Amen. So I've already explained this, but capacity is the upper limit of what you can do. Uh, in other words, there's a ceiling that you can reach as a person. So even though you are given one, but it can be increased to the real upper, upper, upper limit. And it's up to you. It's in your hands when it comes to that. But without comparing yourself to the next person. 
and glory to God. So therefore, what I'm trying to say this morning, there is more grace for you this morning. God gives a measure of grace, but there is more grace. You can tap into more grace. When you read the book of Acts, the Bible says greater grace was with the disciples or, uh, 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 or the twelve in the early church. It means there is grace, but there is greater grace, and there is greater grace and even greater grace. So as long as you remain in your lane and you do what God requires from you, you become obedient, okay? You'll begin to develop more capacity, then you get more grace and more grace. Guess what? With more grace comes what? More faith. In other words, you'll get to the point whereby you can move mountains that you are facing. You'll get to the point that any obstacle that is before you can be moved, but you got to start somewhere. So understand this thing of capacity, that some of us, we have to start where we are, to use myself and as an example, that we don't have a big team, we don't have the best of equipment, but we have to do our best with the little we have. If God can trust us with this, I can tell you God can trust us with bigger things. If God can trust us in these difficult times to be faithful, to continue sharing the word, it means when times are good, God will trust us with more. Hallelujah. So we have to do our best where we are with what we have. Hallelujah. Are we together? Don't say you don't understand Abuko funding, you know, as we normally like to say here in South Africa. The question is, what's in your hands? What is your current capacity? Hallelujah and glory to God. Amen. I'm just reminded of the, of the woman in the, in the book of Kings uh, that said, I just have a little oil left now when the man of God, and the man of God says, that's good enough. I want that. Yeah. I, then he says, go and borrow. Yeah. Go and borrow a, 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 a cans or, or jars, whatever, or bottles and bring them here. And guess what? There was so much oil that the oil only stopped when there was no more capacity. And therefore, what I'm trying to say to you, if you stay in your lane and develop your capacity, there will always be overflow in your life. Yes, and the cap in other words, what God will do in your life will be limited by the, your capacity to receive. So the more capacity you create to receive, the more the God, the more God will give unto you. And amen. Hallelujah. So the oil only stopped when there was no more containers. So focus on your capacity. And leave the people next door. Leave the other person alone. Focus on self. Develop that capacity to receive. Because the overflow of grace and faith will only stop when you no longer have space. And glory to God. That is why the other guy could be given five. And late, if we were to continue the story, it means after the, that uh, section, he had capacity for ten. Because he was no longer managing five, he was managing ten. It means when the Lord was to give more talents, he'll start him with ten. Because already he had developed himself to manage ten. Amen. You see that? Amen. Yes, even the one with one will have moved to two and four, just like that. Anyway, let's move on. So what I'm trying to say, you have the capacity to stand for the purpose of God in your life. What God has ordained you to be, you can be that. Because you are designed with a specific purpose. So the capacity of what you carry was considered way before you were conceived. The Lord will never bring what you cannot carry or bear. 
God will bring everything that he brings your way, you are able to handle. That's including, by the way, when you read the book of Corinthians, it also includes the amount of temptation. The greater the temptation, it means you are able to carry it. Those who can carry, uh, the, those who can resist at all, there won't be any temptation, and that is why those who are leading churches, those who are in leadership positions, there's more temptation for them. There's more temptations for them to be corrupt, temptation in many other aspects because they can handle the temptation, and all they have to do is to resist. And those who don't have any capacity, nothing comes. Even the devil does not even waste his time with such, because they go for those who have capacity. Hallelujah. And then uh, maybe what I should just say as before we go to the second one, avoid getting involved in things that have nothing to do with your purpose. Getting involved in things that have nothing to do with your calling. Don't get involved in things that have nothing to do with the plan of God for your life. Because I find people finding, fighting battles that have nothing to do with them. You can't save everybody. You have to understand, know your capacity. Where you can't help, just make a phone call and ask the relevant people and move and stop stressing yourself with things that you can handle. Like where I am, I can't influence the whole country. I don't have the capacity. So what do I do? I can influence the seven people I have here this morning. And, the, and you guys who are online, you, you understand? There's capacity as opposed to me now trying to get an ear from those who are at the top. That's, God has not given me at that moment, uh, at this point in time, I must focus on what he has given me. Hallelujah and glory to God. Are we still together? So choose your battles very well. Because when you choose your battles very well, you create more capacity. If you don't choose your battles well, what, what you end up doing, you end up uh, uh, reducing your capacity because there's so much junk in your space. So reduce the amount of battles in your life. Some people, when they are annoying you in the street, just ignore them. It's just a waste of time. Focus on the main thing. Focus on the main price. All right, so, uh, so our capacity or ability comes from God, and it is a gift from him. Hallelujah. And point number two, understand your core competencies. Understand your core competencies. That's number two. Again, we spoke about uh, understanding your capacity. And I also really emphasize now towards the end of that section that you must choose your battles very well. You have to, so that you can open up space for yourself, okay? If you have the anointing, don't just go now, trying to, no, man, look fellow, I get it. Try to focus, okay? Hallelujah. Yeah, focus. Ube somebody else, but I'm more lifing, okay? Hallelujah. So now you must understand your core competencies. It's not different from the first one, by the way, what I'm saying. I'm just taking it further. You have capacity, but now understand what you are competent in. Like we said, capacity is ability, but now your competence, what you are good at. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. 
Our competence comes from God. That's my emphasis when it comes to this part of understanding your core competence is that you must understand first and foremost your abilities, they come from God. Your competency comes from God. In other words, we don't have competence from ourselves, but it comes from God. That will help you a lot. It will help you spend more time in prayer, more time in the Word, cultivating your relationship with God. Because most Christians, they run around trying to cultivate competency the wrong way when they, when they are forgetting actually that competency comes from God. It's in the scripture. But our competence comes from God. Right. The core competencies is what you can do successfully and effectively. Should I repeat that? The core competencies is what you can do successfully and effectively. So not everything you do is effective and successful. So focus on the things that you can do effectively and successfully. I get you want to stand. I you said we must help you stand, and now you are standing. So we are saying don't waste on things that you can't do successfully. Focus on things you can do well and very well. Already that's a sign that God has empowered you in that space. Uh, people like your John Maxwell who talk on leadership, they'll tell you already that you, don't, you can't take a, 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 a goose or, 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 a, or a duck, you know, uh, to, to, to eagle school, okay? Ducks don't fly as high as eagles. So what I'm trying to say, when a duck is a 5 out of 10 in when it comes to flying, actually I'm giving it too much now, okay? A duck is more like a 2 out of 10, okay? This flies very low, okay? So you can't take it to a place whereby it has to fly 10 out of 10. You can't do that. Do you understand? So it must rather focus and hone its skills of swimming. That's where it's strong at, you know? And then the eagle on the other side must not waste its time on trying to swim. It must focus on soaring high because that's how it's designed. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So understand your core competencies and stay there. Because when you do that, I think it's similar to what we said uh, last week. When you stay in your zone of competence, what you have, you'll begin to generate experience. And I say normally with great experience comes great success. Hallelujah. Remember, with experience comes skill. So skill is not something you go for to, at school. At school you get what we call knowledge. But Skill you get from experience. And that is why people, when they are hiring normally, they look for your skills first. And once they've seen that you have the core skills they are looking for, when they see you are competent and they ask, by the way, do you have the following qualifications? And sometimes they'll bypass that because you have the skills, you have the competence. Are you with me, Bazalwane? So do you understand? So try and focus on that because you'll... you'll you'll gather a lot of experience early in life. So if you're to start today and focus on your core competencies, next year this time you'll have 12 months solid experience in that particular thing that you were not focusing on before. Are you with me, Basalwane? So it's very, very important to focus on your niche as a child of God. That's if you want to stand. Most people are not standing. They you hear a word, you are inspired, you stand up, and then when we meet you, you have an idea. 
Every time we meet you, you don't remind, you don't say, you don't follow up on the previous idea. You all have a new idea. No, it doesn't work like that. You'll have to stick on that one idea and work on it until you master it. That's how it works. Even the top uh, footballers, you'll know that they, they focus on their football mostly. And little on side businesses, they will have endorsements, of course, but their core focus will be on their football. And that's what we need to do as people. Whatever it is, focus on it. And I can tell you, if you do that, you focus on your core competences, in no time people will show up who are willing to pay for your competence. People don't pay for education, they pay for competence. And that is why you'll find poor people who have PhDs, because they are not necessarily competent in anything. All they are competent in is reading and reproducing what they've read. You need to go beyond that. Hallelujah. You, you know what I'm talking about. You know them. They, they have their PhDs and you go like, but you're not as clever as I thought. Because they, they haven't really honed a, a, a particular skill. Amen. And glory to God. And that's very, very, very important. So we keep on standing and rising when we remain in our competent zone. You do it long enough, you'll certainly make it in life. You'll certainly succeed. Amen. And how do you uh, uh, cultivate this uh, competence? It's very easy. You must be dedicated. You must be com uh, uh, committed. It takes commitment to come this morning to share uh, the word of God in this church. It is not conducive. I'll be honest to you. It is not conducive at all for me. It is not comfortable for me at all to come and share the word this morning. But I must be committed. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes things don't go the way I have planned. Maybe let me show you what is commitment. I've been here since what time is? Quarter past eight. Setting up, making sure that the video is on point. That's what you do. But you want to know what time I slept? Around three o'clock in the morning making sure I have a message. So it's not about how good it is this morning. God is looking at my commitment at what I am doing. In no time, I will have a suitable team that will help us do this thing proper, proper, proper. And even the messages will be just of top drawer level. But for now, with the one talent, right? I must try and do my best to multiply it. I don't know if you, you get my, 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 my example. So I must focus. I can now come get guys, you know what? Me, I'm no longer a pastor, guys. You know, I'm done with this thing. I'm now a motivational speaker. That's confusion. You must stay in this thing. Get it right. Get experience. And suddenly things will begin to mushroom. So most people if you were to observe pastors, not all pastors, pastors like me and others who are just like me, you'll be very far in life because you'll begin to see the dedication, the commitment, the passion, the focus on the core competence. You, you understand? You know, I'm not all over. I, I, in fact, I've made it clear, like now I'm making it clear again. I'm not interested in getting invites to go and preach. I'm not interested there. I'm interested in getting one thing right first. You understand? So... If you were to do that in your personal space, you will be far by now. So don't just listen to our sermons. Maybe this brings me to an important point. It's very important to follow and to interact 
with a pastor that you know personally. This thing of listening to people all over the world who are out of your context, you are learning nothing. Learn from people that you know, that you know their struggle. You read the letters of Paul, Paul will tell you that you know this and this and this and this about me. So when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know what he means. You understand? I mean, some of us, we are so disappointed now when you hear that people were rich only to discover they have airports. So we thought they got successful by just running churches, but they had businesses on the side. Hallelujah. But we just took that and we believed if you go to church carrying your Bible only, you will be successful. And you know, there is more to that because they did not tell us. But people in their churches, they knew that they have oil fields, they have airports, they have aeroplanes, they have trucking businesses. Who hear what I'm trying to say? So let me help you now. As a child of God, listening to me, it doesn't matter where you are. Rather, Develop yourself and your competencies by following a man or woman of God that you know personally, that you have access to. That way, you'll most certainly learn important things that will help you to be successful. That's, right. That's what I do. If I can't have access to a person, I don't want to follow them. Because what am I going to learn? I can't learn from sermons. I want to also learn from you that after you've said amen, what do you do? Yes, I want to learn from them. Hallelujah. That was not part of the sermon, but I thought it's very, very important in this nation where we are obsessed in listening to people that we don't relate with. And that is why those sermons have never worked for you. A sermon that works for you is when you know the effort that went into getting the sermon. You begin to say, I, man, Linda, I can develop myself. I can do what he's doing in my own space, in my own area or speciality. And I know if I do the same, I should get results. Because you have seen somebody do that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Right, the last one. Understand the cost. I won't be long on this one because we are almost done. Understand the cost, Muzalwane. Child of God, there is a cost in standing up. There is a cost in rising up. Oh, yes, I'm not raising offering, but you must offer, by the way. You must give to our church and any other church of your choice, okay? You, there's a cost involved in these things, but I'm not talking about that before you log off. Listen to me carefully. I'm not talking for church, but yeah, I know some people go like, ah, there he starts. No, no, no I'm, I'm helping you now. There is a cost in standing up. It's not free. Read with me Luke uh, 14, 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete? This is all related. You must know that you have the capacity. Eh? You must know that you have the core competence. And those two will tell you that you are able to finish what you're starting. So if you know yourself that you don't have, like, let's say people like me, I can't say I want to be a top ballerina, for example, or I don't know, what is the male version of that? You're whatever, a top dancer when I have two left feet. I've counted the cost. I'm not going to make it, so I'm not going to sign up for classes. I'll continue dancing my own, you know, <laughs> own, you know? Who hears what I'm trying to say? You, you, you can stretch your own uh, imagination, okay? So, so you must count the cost. Yes, because as soon as you say, I'm doing this, and you commit, you have to pay a heavy cost. In fact, Jesus says, even salvation... 
before you receive Jesus Christ, you must count the cost because you will have to carry your cross everywhere you go because he says, you are not fit to follow me if you can't deny yourself and carry your cross. So you can't bring yourself to the foot of the cross and remain the same. You must deny yourself and pick up the cross of Jesus and carry it. It is a cost. It's a cost It's a cost in song. It's a cost in that world, but you'll experience new things. But what I like about this whole thing, we lay our lives and give our lives to Jesus only for him to give them back to us. But there's a cost. You must lay it down first. Anyway, I'm not talking about that. So anything worth, uh, worth it or anything worthy or anything of price or anything that is important has a cost to it. So to remain standing, it is going to cost you because it is worth it. It is worthy. Into as important, important things are costly. <laughs> you know what I mean, Akira. I'm not even talking brands. If it's something of quality, if you know that this one is going to last me years, it's not going to come cheap. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's going to be very, very expensive, irregardless of the brand, because it is strong, it is precious. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? Even diamonds, they're so small, but because they're so uh, worth it, they're so precious, they don't come cheap. Yeah. And what God has called you for in life, I get the book. I can tell you now, it's not cheap. Your calling is very expensive. It's going to cost, if you're going to fulfill what God has called you to do, it's going to come with a high cost. Hallelujah. In fact, if it's cheap and free, it's not worth it. Maybe let me tell you, free sermons are not worth it. Listening to a pastor or a man of God, you, not, you don't support a king financially. In fact, that sermon will never benefit you because it, it, it's cheap to you. Things must never be cheap. Things must come at a cost because you look after them. You must see me next to my car if you want to know how people treat expensive things. You must see me. I don't like people touching. Even when I come out from the, uh, 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 the shops and I get to the parking lot, I don't want to see somebody leaning there. Because it's, you have to look after You know what I mean, Nagere. You know those who are married to beautiful ladies like me? I don't want guys looking at her. I'm already ready to... <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> You look after it. You know that, eh? You'll even buy a safe, I get it. Look after it. So, 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 so now, if your purpose and your calling comes cheap, it's not worth it. You'll have to spend. You'll have to put in money. I was so inspired the other day. I was going to buy a lens, the one we are using. As you can see, the videos are good. And um, I saw this guy with torn up takeies and jeans, and that was not fashionable. You could see brother does not have mine, but he bought expensive equipment. And I knew he's going to set up whatever he's setting up. He believes in his vision that he doesn't care about how he looks like. And I'm saying, if you have a purpose, you might have to sacrifice something in order for you to fulfill it. But most of you, you want to have it all. No, Hallelujah. In fact... Sure, the gospel is not free. 
It cost the life of Jesus, the son, now listen to this, of Joseph and Mary. <laughs> this is powerful. Jesus, we tend to forget that he was a son to Joseph and Mary. For him to save us, a parent had to be an orphan. That's expensive, eh? No, not to be an orphan, rather. Yeah, they had to be without a child. That's expensive. Think about it. That for us to be saved, a mother had to cry, a father had to cry for their son. Rachel crying for his children. Anyway, let's, let's close the message. It must cost you something if it's of value. So standing up and rising up is valuable. Therefore, it must cost you a lot. Hallelujah. I think I've said most of the things in this note. And um, what I want to say now as I finish the message, I think I'm done. You as a child of God, you must be in the habit of investing. Like, I believe in this message, I get. You see, ne? it cost me my sleep. While you were sleeping, maybe. Not all of you. I know some of you were praying for the message to go, you well, go well. But for me, this is how much I believe. It cost me my sleep. Since 11 o'clock, I think, at night, all the way to 3. Making sure I have message, making sure I have prayed up, making sure that a mudimu, when I speak, whether it's articulate or not, there will be power. People will begin to get answers to what they were looking for. But it cost me my wonderful... By the way, if you don't know me, I enjoy sleeping, okay? So, it, but it cost me my sleep, you understand? Because I believe on it so much. No, for real. Do you, do you understand what we're trying to say? Yes, I mean, let me just use one example. I won't say names. I mean, I had one of our ladies here. She had to pay somebody, for example, or uh, for, to stay with the child so that she can be at church last week. That's a cost. Yeah? It cost her 250 for her to come to church, and she didn't donate the money to the church. She paid somebody to look after the child so that she can attend a church service. Where now, what is it costing you, the thing that you believe in? You're calling, what is it costing you? What price are you paying for it? If it's coming free, it will never work for you. Including this message, it will never work for you. Anything. If you go to an institution, okay, there are free universities. I still want to see graduates from those free universities. You never finish. But the day you go to a business school like I did with my wife, both of us, you spend over 300K or 400K on, on tuition and stuff like that, you will finish. You will pass. You will do well because there's a cost associated with it. Actually, the more expensive the cost, no, you can't, you can't fail. That's why people who do MBAs, they're not the smartest of people. But when they remember it's 350,000 rand a year, somebody's salary, there's no way he's going to fail. He'll do whatever he can to pass. If it means it's the whole week of not sleeping, you do that. I remember there was a time I was not surviving on four hours of sleep, probably, because we're running the church and studying. You had to do it because I, I could not face my wife. You know what? Face. There was no way. You understand? So there is a cost to these things, Masalani. So if you are going to stand up, you must do everything in your power, Ace, to make sure you stand up. Pay the price. Pay the cost. I don't know what is the cost. It's not necessarily money. There is a cost you have to pay. Sometimes when I was going, like when I was going to university, it, for me to, to survive and to make, I had to have few friends. 
to the point now I no longer have friends because you can't have friends now in your 40s, eh? Or when you are around that uh, bracket, that's when you're looking for friends. People already are taken, okay? I'm just glad I have a wife already. Yeah, people have taken their friends already. You can come and meet a guy in the mall. Hey, brah, I want to be your friend. Eh? Hello? Or oh, meet a lady. Hey, lady, I want to be your friend. You're confusing her because she thinks you're looking for a girlfriend while you're married, but <coughs> you, you get the point, all right? So it will even cost you relationships. So, so the three things you need to, 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 uh, uh, to, uh, to be aware, uh, aware of uh, uh, this morning you need to be aware of your capacity, competence, and the cost. You understand those three things. It will be much easier for you to stand. It's not going to be easy. It will be easier. You will be able to stand when you understand your competence. You understand the cost. What's the other one? Your capacity. When you understand that, you will be able to stand. Now I am standing. I will understand my capacity, my competence, and the cost associated with standing. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and let's pray. By the way, this is an encouraging message. It was designed to encourage you, so you have to do your part to stand. So go back, study further on these subjects. I gave you a verse each. You need to find more verses. You need to find more examples. You need to find books associated with this to help you understand what is capacity, to help you understand what is competence, and to help you understand what is cost. And once you understand that, you are going to remain standing. You are going to be successful. You are going to be a top drawer person. Do it. Do it. We are all doing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And glory to God. Amen. Let's pray.